1: Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. Today, along with David Bazaar and Brett Elam, I'm Joe Kraus. We thank everybody for tuning in and being a part of the broadcast today. We've got a special conversation that's going to focus, I think, David, specifically on social security. And we're going to use the entire platform or the entire uh, show today uh, to educate the public.
2: Yeah, we spent uh, a good amount of time this week thinking about... You know, we try to figure out what our audience wants to consume. And I think we get a pretty decent temperature on that from all the people that we meet throughout the week. You know, we kinda Brett and I sit down, we talk a little bit about, hey, would you hear this week? What are people asking in their consultations and all of that? And it just so happened, I think with Everything that's happening out there, right? From a political perspective, how the economy's doing, all of that. A big question for retirees and pre retirees is a lot about Social Security today. And social Security is an area that we've worked on for a very long time. we We know a lot about it. We really help people kind of navigate through that. So we decided today the show is going to be a show that's all things social security. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to do two new things here. So one, instead of calling in, we've come to the conclusion that people rather make rather text uh, than make phone calls. It's a lot easier. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot more direct. uh, It's more instant gratification, all of that. So We put together uh, a fantastic, fantastic brochure. Let me see how many pages this thing is here. Our team did a great job on this. This is 13 pages of a paper called What, When, Who, and How the Social Security Decisions. And uh, the table of contents, there's an executive summary, there's status of Social Security. That's a big question that people have today. There's timing on how to take your benefits. And then it really goes pretty granular on it. So, 13 pages of things that will help our audience if they have not yet taken Social Security and are curious how to do so, this is going to be a great, great item for them to download. So the way to do that, very, very simple, is you're going to text social security, and the number you're going to text to is 215-999-3272. So let me give that again. You're going to text the word social security to 215-999-3272. So today, we're going to spend a lot of time on Social Security. Our first segment that we're going to go through is we're going to talk a little bit about current events before we jump into everything related. Because, we, again, we want to keep our audience kind of up to date with what's going on out there. So I think some of the two big newses, is, news is, what do you think of that word? I don't think it exists. It doesn't exist. I am just just going to say, does that word exist? (laughs) Holy smokes, right? Already. (laughs) I'm good at that too. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see if we can get Webster's to adopt it. We'll just add a few things in. I don't know what the Latin root is to it, but we'll figure (laughs) that one out. So the, the big news, there's two items in that. One is that, and this is a big deal, the U.S. government's debt has been downgraded by one of the credit rating agencies. So that's a big announcement, right? Um, That means that the faith in the US federal government has been diminished a little bit on its ability to cover its debt payments. Now, this has happened a couple of times in our history. Uh, We had a bit of a pullback in the market on Thursday because of it. Um, Some additional news came out on Friday. Brett will talk a little bit about that. But we'll talk a little bit about what impact that has. Before we get into that, Brett, why don't you kind of update uh, our
3: audience on the jobs report? Yeah, jobs reports that missed, meaning they did not create as many jobs as what they thought they would. However, inflation growth continues to be there. Connecting all those dots, what that means is continued inflation, don't expect the Fed to pause increasing interest rates. And yet what that'll do is continue to postpone when they'll finally start to decrease interest rates. So a lot of what you hear there is a lot of the same of when they think this economy is inevitably going to turn around, what you see is resilience and a lot of strength, even though with a little bit of a weak jobs report, that wage growth is is pretty incredible. And, and again, just fair warning, credit card interest rates, home equity loan interest rates, all those things are going to continue to stay high and if not go even higher. Yeah. There's just a lot of puzzle pieces Trying to figure
2: because a lot of things, and I've been doing this, you know, thirty-five years. You've been doing 25 it plus. twenty-five plus years at this point. A lot of things just don't make sense right now. Yep. Right now, if you dig into some of the granular details, as a matter of fact, like when the jobs report fell a little bit short, there is growth. Like we keep hearing the administration talk about, you know, we've made these many new jobs, so on and so forth. Most of that job growth that has occurred is in two primary sectors. One is technology, and then the other is healthcare. And those are two industries that are subsidized by the federal government. Be, you know, the federal government uh, passed the CHIPS Act, right, where we wanted to get more domestic production of computer chips and not be as reliant on foreign powers for that. So you know, a lot, a lot of money has been dumped in, and that's made the job growth look bigger than it maybe really is. And that's the same thing on the healthcare side. Areas that are really being affected is the food industry, no growth, like no growth in this new jobs report. There was no growth, the construction industry, right? So these are more your main street type jobs that people need. And uh, you know, Brett and I, we're looking for new office space in the Princeton, New Jersey area. We see a fantastic opportunity. Um, not a lot of people are being served properly over in that area. And we've been talking to commercial real estate agents. There is so much commercial real estate so available. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, the only reason we're covering these types of things-
1: Good for you, um, by the way, to get a nice yeah, deal in an office. Not, not so good for- the individuals that hold all those empty buildings right
2: that's it and they're yeah. looking you know you're starting to see where they're converting them to apartments now right because that's another segment of the population right with interest rates rising and people having these 30 year mortgages you know that they got four years ago or three years ago at two and a half or three mm-hmm. percent nobody wants to sell their house and lose that three percent mortgage and move into what is now a 7% mortgage, right? So we've got a housing issue that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We've got a jobs market that isn't making a whole lot of sense. But the, but the market keeps moving. And if you're listening, that's what you have to ask yourself the question, right? The market keeps moving. How, How? And, why. How and why, right? The NASDAQ's up 35% year to date, which is unbelievable. The S&P's up 16%. And the Dow is up about 7%. The market keeps moving with all of this weirdness happening. So it's just about getting prepared, You know, prepared, having all the detail necessary. Um, we're going to cover a lot. Just wanted to make sure everybody listening got that kind of information to kind of set the base on current events. The next three segments, all things social security. So remember, text the word social security to 215-999-3272.
1: Good stuff and a good show lined up for Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show, David Bazaar and Brett Elam, along with, Joe, along with me, Joe Kraus. Glad to be here and glad to join you on this program. One more time, text Social Security to 215-999-3272. Brett and David continue on the other side. Back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone, to Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. You're listening to uh, David Bazaar and Brett Elam. We're glad you're with us. The show, entire show today, is everything Social Security, Brett. And somehow, I feel as though taxes factor into Social Security. But our conversation today, all Social Security. Sir, we're going to leave leave
3: taxes alone today. Yeah, Yeah, we're (laughs) going to go deep, really, on that Social Security topic. It's something that we take pride in. Um, as a company, and in fact, some of our clients being social security managers, retirees from the government, we really pride ourselves on that education. So again, talking all things, social security, one of the most important things to understand related to social security are these things called DRCs, which means a deferred retirement credit. The government's really good at using these acronyms that are out there. And it simply means this: The longer you wait to start collecting Social Security, the greater your check will be. So on the surface that sounds like a phenomenal idea, here's the issue. Less than 10% of social security filers wait to take full advantage of those de- those those delayed retirement credits. So this is how it works. Is each and every month a lot of people think it's year to year, but again, each and every month that you delay your social security benefit your benefit goes up by two-thirds of 1%. So that's 8% per year. Again, it's not 8% year over year. Again, each and every month has a unique number associated with it. So born in 1960, your full retirement age would be age 67. If you're now 67 in one month, it's now two-thirds of 1% greater than it was the month before. That can create... A lot of additional income in retirement. So the most important thing that we that we always in, encourage you to do is always review that Social Security statement for mistakes, making sure um, all the numbers are appropriate that's on there. You do get your Social Security statement approximately three months before your birthday, or you can always log on to ssa that's social security administration ssa.gov to go pull that information so that you can see right in front of you what your age 62 age 63 etc every single year they show you what your benefit will be but what it does is it gives you a false sense of understanding that it actually goes up each and every month not just each and every year so it's important to understand that factoring in a little bit and just this quick example If you were born in 1960, again, full retirement age being 67 years old, if you collected it at your age, 67, that would be approximately $2,500 a month. However, if you delay those delayed retirement credits till age 70, that's $3,100 a month, which equates to $7,200 extra per year. You look at that impact over 10 years, that's $72,000 over 20 years, it's $144,000. That can be a major impact.
2: Yeah. And again, if you're going to um, log in, like Brett said, to ssa.gov, one of the things you'll learn that the federal government does, and Brett said this, they all have a lot of acronyms to everything, right? So one of the things is when you look on there, you'll see PIA, and PIA stands for Primary Insurance Amount. That's your actual monthly benefit, but they call it primary insurance amount. And then, you know, full retirement age, you'll see FRA for that. So, you know, sometimes they're just using words that some you know people don't necessarily relate to. So, we just want to make sure you understand. it. And, and definitely, you know, log in. It's the way you can audit, make sure you got all the credits that you deserve, so on and so forth. Now, waiting can actually, and a lot of people make their decisions, and we'll talk a little bit about this later in the show, they make the decision more emotionally than they do logically. And we do talk to a lot of people when they come in, the initial thought is we're going to take social security early. It's probably going to run out of money, blah, 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 blah. But they're not taking into consideration all of the conditions such as waiting can actually be more money for a widowed spouse. And you know, statistically, men tend to pass away prior to women. And in a married couple, it leaves a wife um, you know, with the situation. So planning out, um, there's more at stake when making social security plans because a widowed spouse is eligible for 100% of the deceased spouse's benefit. And for some people, that can really be pretty darn significant. So let me give you an example on this. Let's say Harry filed for benefits at his full retirement age, which was 67. His benefit was going to be $3,250 uh, on a monthly basis. A few months younger, Sally files for a spousal benefit, and that spousal benefit is equal to half of that $3,250 number. That's how the rule works. That'd be $1,625. They receive $4,875 in monthly benefits. And that's $58,000 plus on an annual income. Now, let's say unfortunately Harry passes away at age 73. Sally loses, this is the way the rule works. Sally would lose her spousal benefit, but she would retain Harry's benefit of $32.50 a month or $39,000 a year. So that's almost $20,000 less to run the household that she and Harry were living in. Now, depending on what other assets they owned, that could mean a change in lifestyle for Sally. We see this all the time. Now, here's the kicker. If Harry had waited to file for the benefits three years longer, age 70, maxing out his delayed retirement credits that Brett talked about, his benefit would have been over $4,000, $4,030. So, Sally would have had to delay receiving a spousal benefit until Harry filed. But at Harry's death, assuming she had reached her survivor FRA, full retirement age, Sally's monthly and annual benefits would have been $4,030 or a total of 48360 bucks. So this is a simple example that assumes Sally didn't qualify for a benefit higher than Harry's based on her work record which is a lot, you know just reality that's the situation a lot of time but it does illustrate how important it is for social security planning to be a family affair and i would say assisted by somebody who's got
1: more sophisticated financial planning tools i was just going to say it also validates the fact that social security is confusing as hell complex very yeah, complex
2: no doubt so that you know that's why we recommend that you know, if you're interested, this white paper that we have, 13 pages of information will give you all the detail we're talking about. You just simply text the word social security to
3: 215-999-3272. Yeah. I mean, you think about the, the um, you said it, the emotional driver, and, that, and that's what we are. We're emotional beings sometimes forgetting the rational side of things. And we see so many people that do that break-even analysis of saying, hey, well, if I live to this age, but the point that David just made... And again, if you care about your spouse and the quality of life that they uh, that they are going to have, that example that David just went through, not leaving that surviving spouse with that deficit, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, that break even analysis does not take into account the larger of the two benefits actually survives that second spouse. So, I mean, those two topics that we just spoke about, deferred retirement credits, the DRCs that the government uses that acronym and that widow benefit, that's actually on page five and page seven on our guide that David was just talking about. And again, to receive a copy of the what, when, how, who, the social security decisions you want to text Social Security. Again, text the word Social Security to 215-999-3272. Again, that's 215-999-3272 to get this great source. Again, it's a 13-page uh, document. It goes through the ins and outs of Social Security. And knowledge is great, but when you can apply it, it becomes even
1: that much more greater. Um David, what's the percentage, or Brett, you maybe you would know, well, I'm sure you both know it. What's the percentage, you put 100 people in the room, uh, how, how many of those 100 people misfile for starting their Social Security? A lot. 70%, 50%, 60%. Well, statistically,
2: think? what we hear from the Social Security Administration is that 50% of the American population files at the earliest possible age of 62
1: so in their mind, maybe that's not. They're saying not. Uh, maybe I asked the question incorrectly. But if you're starting or you're filing at 62, you're 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 punching the at the earliest that you can take it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's a permanent reduction in the ultimate benefit that yeah. you get. And yep. now there are you know many people go okay, well, retirement and Social Security are somewhat synonymous so i'm gonna you know I'm gonna wait till I retire to kick it on, and then people kind of pick that full re- again, it's a little misleading, but it says full retirement age sixty seven Well, we saw for Harry it was thirty two fifty that if he would waited three more years, it'd be four thousand thirty dollars. It's a big difference, right I mean, especially if that's you know kind of one of the let's call it the stable incomes of your retirement plan, right.
1: Yeah, but then I think the other variable is everybody's working longer, so that factors into that decision as well. I would think it means you can't collect it as early. That's what I mean. That's what I mean.
2: Well, actually, Joe, here's this is kind of interesting because what you just said, like there are there is what's called a do-over, right? So. Things can change like you just said perhaps uh, you know somebody retires um, but they get wooed back into working right because the opportunity is good or they inherit some money or whatever it may be clients under full retirement age can file a request for withdrawal of application within 12 months of being approved for benefits so like if you start and maybe you're listening, you have started and you're going, oh geez, you know this really makes sense and you're in your first 12 months of applying or you have applied and receiving that benefit, you can submit a request for withdrawal of application, and there's a process and we can explain how that works. Uh, it's actually in the brochure that we have. Um, so you know that's a way to kind of do over things. All of this, 13 pages has all the information that we'll be covering in the show today. And if you want that, just text the word Social Security
1: to 215-999-3272. Today's show is all about Social Security with Brett Elam and David Bizarre. We'll get to a commercial break. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. And welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show. As always, we thank everyone for tuning in and listening to us every week. We hope at the end of the hour, you are more educated than when the show started. Uh, Today, we hope you're more educated about Social Security. The entire program today uh, is talking about Social Security. And as David said, going into the break, remember to text Social Security to 215 triple nine, 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 three, two, seven, two. And that will get you, uh, that 13 page document, uh, which is filled with information, David. A
2: lot of great information on there. Now, as we came out of the last segment, or, or as we concluded the last segment, you know, we talked about you know, spousal benefit, why the delay makes sense, what these delayed retirement credits are, so on and so forth. You asked the question, Joe, about um, you know, what percentage of the people start early, all that kind of stuff. We, we hear from people the reasons that they consider to take Social Security as early as possible. Um, it really does come down to a psychological situation, right? A little of it is fear of missing out. Um, hey, I want to get my money while I need it. Um, the fund is probably going to dry up at some point. They're going to reduce my bet, whatever it comes down to. It's really psychological. Like the question is, will you claim social security early or will you hold out as long as possible? So your psychology is going to play a big role in determining whether you're going to be an early or late claimer of social security. What, the, what we hear, what we see, what we read about is early claiming is rationale uh, is rational. In certain cases, such as when a claimant is maybe in poor health or comes from a family with a history of shorter life expectancies, those are good reasons to consider taking early. We ask those questions. Tell us about the gene pool. Tell us about mom and dad. Did they live a long life? Did they pass away early? What's, how's your health? So we bring those up. But the incidence of early claiming is far greater that can be explained by these other variables. And it's a huge financial uh, consequence. right? There's been some research done. It says researchers recently calculated that relative to what is optimal given those variables, early claiming reduces the present value of lifetime discretionary spending, are you ready for this one? By $182,000 for the median worker approaching retirement. 182 grand by making the wrong financial decision related to Social Security. So why then do retirees leave so much money on the table? A big part of the answer is psychological ownership. Social Security is my money. I want it. It's really that simple. It's like, I know there's this pile of money that I put away. The federal government's been holding. Maybe they haven't done a great job managing it, but they ain't holding it. It's mine. And I want it as quickly as I can get it. It's a psychological ownership situation of it, and it causes people to make a more emotional, sometimes irrational decision about taking claim
3: versus trying to figure out how not to give up one hundred eighty-two thousand bucks. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's the emotional side of it. And again, and and, and we talk about it. You paid into it, and it's like I want to get out yesterday. What is mine? So I think it's probably one of the reasons that people probably start at age 62, again, like 50% of the population that's out there. But a lot of it, and David used the term psychological ownership, is also sharing this concept called loss aversion or risk aversion. We meet a lot of people that they think of risk differently. Some people are risk lovers. Some people are risk adverse. Uh, last week, I was at a conference, um, and it was at a casino. I didn't lose a dollar. I also didn't make a dollar. I avoided it all. Uh, I like more cal- well done. <laughs> there you go. I like more calculated risk, um, like Social Security. So I feel like, hey, taking risk out of it, I can take a little bit more math out of the equation. But blackjack or roulette tables, that's that's not for me. I mean, when you look, even though logic tells you you're going to earn more, your standard of living will be better later you get paralyzed by running that break-even analysis. And again, I want to get my money back. It's almost like if I asked you a question saying, okay, let's, let's do a coin flip. If you win, you get $150. But if you lose, you got to give up $100. Like, ah, I'm not sure I want to do that. And it's like, okay, how about if you win, I'll give you $200. Or if you lose, it's $100. Everybody has that number of where they might start to play that game. And the higher that number, the more likely that person is gonna start and want to get their money back sooner. And it's all about what you think about from a risk standpoint. Why? Because it's that fear of if I die early, I'm never, I'm never gonna get my money back.
2: So, you know, these researchers, what they concluded is that if the retiree or pre-retiree had better education and educational materials to review, they would potentially make better decisions, and there'd be less emotion, more logic. So, one of the things that we do here at Thrive is we provide awareness. So, like today's show, and, and when we do our you know, workshops and seminars, we bring up the topic of social security like we try to get people that it shouldn't be a haphazard decision. It should be a critical decision in your retirement planning. So we create the awareness. The second thing we do is we, prepare, we provide the education. So you know this brochure that we put together for the listening audience, we, you know, we have a bunch of different PowerPoint slides in our presentation that address how social security works. And what we also have is we have a very sophisticated software that does the actual calculation. And what I have found, when you show people things in black and white, the before picture and the after picture, right? One of the great founders of our country, Benjamin Franklin, he used to do a thing called the Franklin T-bar. He put all the pros on one side, put all the cons on the other side when he was making a decision, and whichever side had more features to it, that would be the best decision to make. Well, our software actually does that
1: for our clients. I was say, it sounds like, sounds like that approach is perfect for today as well. It's simple.
2: The T-bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's, a, it's a T-bar, right? And that's what our software does. It says, okay, I'm thinking about taking it at 62. I'm thinking about taking it at full retirement age. I'm thinking about taking it at um, the maximum age of 70. Well, we run all those reports. They're collected into one piece of paper, and it shows you the financial difference in waiting. So at least you have that, right? Add to it this brochure, which is very simple to get, right? Text Social Security to 215-999-3272. I really want to get this into the listening audience hands. I think it'll be very valuable. Um, You put all that together, you're now going to make a much better decision in Social Security.
3: Yeah, we actually had John in last week, and we ran that Social Security report. He was a 62-year-old, and he was going to get $1,789 if he waited till he was 67. But he came in, I'm taking it at 62. So the report that we ran for him, we said, okay, if you started at age 62, now his life expectancy was age 81. What we showed, we, 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 we went through three different scenarios with them. We said, okay, if you start at 62, let's look at where you're at at age 70. And at age 70, obviously, you've collected nothing if you waited all the way until age 70, but you're ahead, $116,000. Now, if you look at the, his life expectancy, of which is 81, he waited to his full retirement age of 67 or delayed it, he actually would have earned a little bit more, but very close on the break-even analysis. But here's the, here's the big deal. At age 90, it turns into an additional $130,000. People forget about the one they are thinking of the fear of missing out. What happens if I did not claim that $116,000? So that's what this report does. That's what this... Um, this giveaway today uh, helps you come to more rational decisions, not emotional decisions. So again, for a copy of that brochure, you want to text "text Social Security. Again, text the word Social Security to 215-999-3272.
1: Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show with David Bizarre and Brett Elam. Back in a moment. Here's one opportunity for the upcoming week to get registered and get educated at a Thrive Financial Services workshop on August 8th at the Lambertville Station Inn, starting at 6 p.m. Go to thrivefinancialservices.com to get registered. That's August 8th at the Lambertville Station Inn, inside the Riverside Ballroom. Go to thrivefinancialservices.com. Get educated, get connected with Thrive Financial Services. And welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show with David Bazaar and Brett Elam. Today's show is all about, it's everything Social Security. And as mentioned going into the break, if you text Social Security to 215-999-3272, you'll receive that 13-page informational packet at no charge, which is chock full of information.
2: All right, Joe. So, we saved the, this last segment to talk about the question that we get a lot from people about, are they going to change social security? How are they going to How are they, you know, they, and we'll cover this in there. You know, what happens in 2030 something, you know, the trust fund's going to run out of money, all these types of things. Now, depending on where you position yourself related to what we're going to share with you will either be good news or bad news is really kind of what it comes down to. Like the question is, if they come for social security and your retirement accounts, how are they going to do it? Right. And, you know, one of the things that we know among Americans kind of in their 50s and 60s, only those that are in the highest earning 20% are the people who've really made progress today in savings towards their retirement. I mean, the statistics are a little bit scary. I mean, a lot of people really are not prepared. But you know, if you're part of our listening audience and you have been diligent and you've done the things necessary and you've kind of been in that top twenty percent, you may have squirreled away some money. You got to start listening to what we're going to share here, right? Like, will the government raise taxes on retirement contributions? Will they re? Will they increase the the Social Security tax rates? Will they cut benefits for workers classed as? higher earners.
3: That's an interesting concept.
2: Right. And that's in quotes, right? Because what's the definition? What's the ambiguity
3: of what's classified as a higher earner? The government's terrible giving us definitions on that. So we're going to dig into that. So David just said in a moment ago, you you get those social security statements. And again, I shared, you can go to ssa.gov if you're not sure where that social security statement is. And it says right on right on there, it's reaffirming. It says like the year 2035, we have enough money to pay you 77 cents on the dollar, which strikes a little bit of that fear and emotion about why people do things um, a little bit earlier. But most recent report that came out of the government. has quote unquote, what's in there of how we go to fix it. Here's the problem is what was neglected in the report is what they've continually kicked the cans down the road. I remember decades ago, I think I was in college, they talked about privatizing social security, where you could take your piece and you could go invest it yourself. It doesn't talk anything about that. Imagine if, if Congress, if government- took part of the $2 trillion that's in Social Security and actually invested it. Invested it just like how pensions, not only here but around the world, are invested. They're allowed to go out into the, to the stock market, but we don't do that here. We probably would not be having this conversation right now because the fixes would already have been done if they would have just simply invested that money. You know what they also don't mention in the report? They don't talk about all the, the money, all the taxes that are not collected on untaxed or undertaxed trillions of dollars by who? People making contributions to politicians, lobbyists, and so forth. And then they use this terminology all over the report. That doesn't happen, does it? That never happens. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and, then the, and then all over that report, and David said it a moment ago, is high earners. And when they say the word high earners, it means those who work for a living and earn a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Not a couple million dollars a year, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. This um,
2: this report that Brett's addressing that was done by the GAO reports that higher earners are the main beneficiaries of tax expenditures, which is the term that the political class uses for money that Uncle Sam could tax, but doesn't. Uh, second, it notes that the staggering fact that uh, among the Americans, like I said earlier, It's only the top 20% over the past 15 years that have really accumulated the retirement uh, assets. So The disparities between low-income and high-income older workers, the retirement accounts were greater in 2019 than in 2007, the report says. Back in 2007, those in the top 20% of earners had a median retirement account balance, just four times as big as those in the middle 20%. But by 2019, those balances were nine times bigger. So, there's a big disparity there. And that's why if you, I said it could be good news or bad news, if you're kind of in that 20% of the, what they classify as higher income earners. And in today's society, with everything that's going on, Um, I mean, this is not to belittle anything, but we just meet tons and tons of people that are making $100,000 plus. That's getting you today classified as a top 20% income earner. That puts a pretty good bullseye on you for the federal government to fix this hole that they've created for themselves.
3: Yeah. So, Also, what is in the report and we talked about this a little bit uh, earlier in the year with the SECURE Act that was passed in December of 22, where they're starting to change things like tax breaks on contributions of 401ks and IRAs of the sorts. So, right now, you pay Social Security taxes on income up to approximately $160,000. The change in the report that's being proposed is eliminating that cap altogether for people earning $400,000 or more of income, dot, 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 without any increase to the benefits, meaning they want you to contribute more money but you won't get any more money than you would have before when that contribution was capped at four, or pardon me, at that $160,000 today. So the other issue um, that I frankly have is this regime or the campaign, and this report uses terminology, words millionaires and billionaires, and they lump them together. To me, that's like talking about astronauts and delivery drivers are two different segments of the population. There is a pure difference between a millionaire and there is a pure difference with a billionaire. I have not yet met a billionaire in my life. I meet millionaires every single day. They're middle America because the word millionaire is just simply a million dollars of net worth. Here, Around the Philadelphia area, just your house can be worth a million dollars. So understanding the difference between millionaires and billionaires and a lot of these loopholes are not even being addressed. I think you actually said millionaires. Pardon me. I was firing <laughs> up. Was that one? I'll call Webster's on that one. Yeah. Too. Right. Listen, I'm just trying to go one for
2: one. It's if I made good. one, you got it. It's right? all good. Check
1: check mate. Millionaires. It. <laughs> it, right? Millionaires and billionaires. Yes, absolutely. Two different people. Yeah.
2: You know, it 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 um that's a great point, right? Because we, we, um, we have a kind of a coin phrase in some of our um, marketing and some of the things that we talk about in our we, we you know, IRA millionaires, right? Some of the examples we give is people accumulated a million dollars for retirement. And people kind of forget what that means and what the potential impact of all that is. Now, one of the things that I think this segment may bring to light for people is if the government does go through with some of these changes to the higher income earners, losing their tax deduction on their contributions and things of that sort. I'd like to remind people of this. And I say this in my workshops all the time. How many of you have bought, if you're listening, how many of you bought into the idea that I'm going to put money into a tax deferred plan, right? an IRA, a 401k, a 403b, whatever it is. I'm going to get a small tax deduction on that contribution. And then that money's going to sit and compound over the next 20, 30, or 40 years, earn some good interest, build up this nest egg. And then when the government forces me to take money out in a required minimum distribution, I should be quote unquote in a lower tax bracket. So most people start nodding their head, go, yeah, I I, I, I recognize that story. My follow-up question is how many of you are coming to the conclusion that that story is false and every hand in the room goes up, right? Because you start thinking about two social security checks. If you're lucky, you get a pension check, and then you got two required minimum distribution checks. You're making the same money they did while you're working. You're not in a lower tax bracket. And then if the government has its way, what's the chances that they're probably going to increase taxes over the next 15 or 20 years? you're not going to be in a lower tax bracket. It's going to cost you a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. And we already know they're going up in three years. We know that, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the yeah. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which you know expires at the end of 25, we already kind of know if Congress doesn't intervene, taxes are going up. My point of saying all well, that is, it may be a good wake-up call right now for people to teach, number one, their children, Maybe these tax deferred programs are not the best, and they should be funding roths and If you did buy into that story, you may be coming to the realization that roth conversions I know we weren't really going to talk about taxes, but roth conversions taxes always and roth conversions in a accelerated
3: fashion might be the answer to preventing what the government wants to do that's a i mean I had an accountant in just this past week. And he had been doing Roth conversions all the way up into that 35% bracket for exactly what you just shared um, right there. It's like knowing what's coming and not making an emotional decision, making a rational decision. And I said, is there any other reasons you're looking to do that? He goes, yeah. He goes, so that when I have to turn age 73, I don't have to pull any money out, but I've already figured out, I know we weren't going to talk about taxes, but I just figured out how to make my social security tax-free for the rest of my life. So, sometimes it's a short term sacrifice for long term gain. And we talk about fixes to Social Security, and today's show is talking about all things Social Security. We talk about how do we fix it. We talk about the psychological barriers of us making so many emotional decisions, not rational ones. We talk about just the importance of delayed retirement credits and how do we ensure that our, the quality of life is protected for our spouse. They don't make it easy. They don't make it easy. So my encouragement is to, again, get a great summary of today's show, a phenomenal uh, brochure that we've put together for you. Again, what, when, how, and who, the social security decisions. You want to text the word social security. Again, you want to spell it all the way out. Text the word social security to 215 3272 Again, that's 215 999 3272.
1: And as we've said many, many times as we wrap up this edition of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show, all things, 360 degrees of your retirement are impacted by multiple areas in all areas. Good stuff today. Get that 13-page document. Text Social Security to 215-999-3272. And that's going to do it for this edition of Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show on behalf of David Bazaar and Brad Elam and all of our listeners tuning in today. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.
0: And so you know, no statements made during Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show, shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on any such matters. information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investment, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk, and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed here. David Bizarre, Brendan, Lim, and Karen Bizarre of Thrive Financial Services